Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 128th episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast that understands the importance of a healthy car. MTG Fast Finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of Magic the Gathering finance, collection management, and speculation. One quick message from our sponsor, Face-to-Face Games. Face-to-FaceGames.com provides competitive pricing on Magic Singles and Sealed product with shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Check out Face-to-Face via card price. Check out face-to-face card pricing via mpgprice.com, whether you're building your deck or stockpiling a spec. I'm your host, Travis Allen, Wizard Bumpin' on Twitter. My co-host today is Cliff Daigle. Cliff, sorry, Daigle. I get that wrong every time. And you I really I, do. I it's okay, it. though. I appreciate you even putting the correct pronunciation in the notes but I didn't notice it until after I had set it out. It just um, makes it even funnier, and if you edit this out, I will be very disappointed in you. No, I don't do that much work with editing. Uh, word of Commander over on Twitter, and uh, we're here to help you guys make and save money playing Magic the Gathering. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here. Looking forward to sharing some valuable information with all of you. As always, this show is sponsored by mtgprice.com, the leading MTG finance community. Sign up today at mtgprice.com to manage your collection, track your specs, and read articles by some of the best financial minds in the hobby. All right, so Cliff, what have we got going on? This week, we've got our four segments. First off, we'll talk about our top movers. We'll go through what cards have gone uh, up, 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 and there's more than a few that are really kind of kooky. We're going to talk about our picks of the week. We're going to discuss... Oh, excuse me. We're going to talk about uh, GP Sao Paulo and the effect on Modern, and we're going to talk about two sets all at once. We've got to talk about new uh, Core 19 prices as well as the Commander 2018 speculation. All right, so we've got a couple of things going on there. Why don't you uh, Why don't you kick us off then? Uh, let's see. Our first card on the top movers list is Foil Grim Lopamancer out of Torment. Has gone from $93 to $187, a straight double up, uh, probably just based on burn is good, and this is the oldest and sweetest looking foil you can find. Yeah, Grim Lavamancer obviously been around the burn scene forever, um, and Torment foils have been hard to come by for a long time. I mean, I remember trying to put a set of those together nine or ten years ago. Well, maybe not nine or ten years ago, a while ago, and they were a pain in the ass to come by. So $180 seems like it's a little wild. You figure like seventh edition foil birds of paradise are probably roughly equivalent in terms of like scarcity. Uh, those are very expensive. They're probably like 400 bucks a piece, but those are also birds of paradise. I'm not sure Grimlavamancer is half as valuable as birds, but I can see them at like 125, 150. 150 seems like a pretty high ceiling for those. uh, There's probably more people who have a hankering for foil birds as opposed... No, uh, Lava Mancer, excuse me, because in Burn, you're not going to play just one or two Lava Mancers. You're going to need the full set. And God, I can't imagine the horror if I had like two Torment foils and two anything else's, you know? It would really would irk me until I could scrape up the money necessary. So... I can understand this. Somebody needs $800 on their blinged out playset. Uh, I mean, I won't say people don't do it, but uh, I don't know. Um, maybe. Anyways, after that, you've got squandered resources from Visions. Copies from 11 and change up to 23. This is the black, green black enchantment where you can like sacrifice lands to add mana. I'm guessing this is the commander 2018 announcement do you have a better idea it's a reserve list card right it is reserve list i mean that's at the very least part of it it's, the question is is there was there something else uh was john lands uh landfall i'm not i don't think they gave us more detail uh hopefully we'll find out more this week uh it didn't get reprinted and this is an effect that kind of sucks in commander um even if you have crucible of worlds out it takes you a while to restock after um doing this i'm not sure so <laughs> we'll see yeah i mean at the, it, at the very least it's reserve list it might also be 
that uh, people were trying to get ahead of the Commander 2018 announcement. Next up is uh, Goblin Warchief, the foils out of Scourge. The They've gone from about $25 to around $54. Uh, a lot of goblins are on the top movers this week because uh, with the banning of Deathrite, uh, everybody's saying that goblins are back in Legacy, and you'll see some examples of that because this is not based on uh, the new Goblin Lord because it's four mana, right? Does that sound right to you? Mm. Whether the new Goblin Lords four mana? No, it is four mana. But um, why all these? We have like four different goblins on here. Well, you have all the goblins that have showed up in uh, in Dominaria and then Core nineteen. So there's a push on these in Standard as well. Um, and I know we talked. I see we have Skirk Fire Marshal a little further up, which I know we talked about a week or two ago. So I think what we ended up coming down on was that they've just printed a bunch of goblins again in standard, like along with Goblin Chain Whirler, and people might be trying to position to play that. Goblin Warchief also, Scorch Foils are the originals. Um, so that's uh, that's exciting if that's what you're into. I'm always into old border foils. I'm just not always willing to spend the money. Same. Same. Uh, so after that, we have Obsidian Battle Axe, foils from Morning Tide, five and, you know, just about five bucks up to 10 and change. This is the enchantment that matters for warriors. Um, and I actually have to look it up because I don't remember exactly what it does. I just know it's warrior related. Uh, oh, and a warrior, it's 2 1 in haste. And when a warrior comes into play, you can attach it for free. Um, so this is definitely uh, because of Najila, the Blade Blossom who has the, uh, she's the one with the infinite uh, infinite combat phases combo that also has the warrior sub-theme. So I don't, uh, I, I don't think you're getting more than 10 bucks for these foil battle axes. So if you can ship them, you absolutely should. Um, and I do think that the warrior sub-theme on Najila will not last as long as just the combo it will. Like the combo component of her will be more popular than... Um, the warrior part so get 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 well the getting is good i love that they put two really fun things to do on the same commander you if you like playing combo you've got combo if you want to make a bazillion tokens do that too no you don't you don't have to choose between you've got peanut butter and chocolate all together yeah there you go what do we got after that uh, next up is Skirk Fire Marshal. The foils out of Onslaught, as you mentioned, they are in the have been in the process for a week or two of going up. They've gone from 13 to about 29. Uh, really fun card, but uh, really kind of like a one-shot, uh, one-trick pony. I have seen people have 10 goblins on the field do this and just nuke everyone for 20. That's a, a pretty fun thing to do. Yeah, Skirk Fire Marshal is awesome. Uh, you can... You cast it and it resolves and then you're like, okay, I'm going to tap these goblins and people are like, what are you doing? And you're like, kill everything. I really enjoy that. Uh, and as the original foil, like that's, it's probably not only is it not likely to get reprinted, um, you know, being the original, it's also going to be more durable um, and it will be show up in any goblins commander deck you make. It's never really going to be a constructed guard, but it, you know, it should be basically in all your goblin decks since it gives you a great finisher um so 30 bucks for those foils doesn't sound unreasonable it really doesn't and that that shows how far we've come that is like no no yep. it's supposed to be in that range it sounds right then uh soren grim nemesis out of shadows of Renistrad. the foils for this planeswalker 12 to 28 i have i got nothing nothing jumps out at me as why this would suddenly increase uh this is probably in the black white life game uh commander decks right that was the was that the theme they told us or is this somebody going off of like uh no because the the soren grim nemesis as far as i know doesn't link up with any of the themes that we've heard about um because he just he draws a card and deals damage and gains life. Those are really generic. Doesn't really mesh with that. So this might have just been the supply ran low enough that people decided to, someone decided to pick up a couple copies. Is the best I can think of here. That's as good a thought as I need. Yeah, feel free to point out if if you guys are catching something that I'm forgetting here. 
why this would have suddenly jumped. I bet that it's just slowly been getting picked up here and there um, as people pick them up for decks. And we someone bought the last one that was cheap, and everyone else had theirs listed at thirty, just patiently waiting. He's in six thousand EDH decks, so he's certainly reasonably popular. He's in Atraxa. So everything is in Atraxa. This is true. Uh, next up, we have Null Chamber. The four mana world enchantment out of Mirage has gone from about 350 to around eight and change. Uh, it's a reserve list card. And uh, I mean, it comes into play. Everybody choose you and an opponent. It's only two of you get to choose a card other than a non other than a basic. Spells with the chosen names can't be cast, and lands with the chosen names can't be played. Card is uh, pretty obnoxious, for sure. I mean, I can. Do you have this in any? Do you have any of this in any? No, but I, I have played Nevermore in more than a few of them, and that's just. Uh, but this mm -hmm. one, you can get lands, which is a pretty fun thing to do if somebody is tutored up for their guy's cradle and they haven't played it yet. <laughs> that's. That's kind of funny. Uh, this does let you be a real jerk, I guess. Um, lock somebody out. But I don't, truth be told, I don't think this has anything to do with uh, actually being good in EDH or anything like that. I think this is just another reserveless Mirage card. We saw a couple of them last week as well. It seems like people are just kind of moving up the the timeline here and have decided to hit Mirage because uh, we, we had a couple last week and this is the only one this week. So. I suspect that's what's happening there. Um, after that, Goblin Lackey from the Vault exiled the foils from that FTV set because they were only foil. Uh, 20 up to 50. This is the only foil of Goblin Lackey, if I recall correctly. Um, so, yep. So not two. You know, the only ones available of this sort. Um, all, part of this whole Goblin surge we've seen you know remember we talked about skirk fire marshal and goblin warchief already this week and we saw a couple more in the last few weeks so i i don't know i mean i guess this is legacy goblins right like that right. must be what it is because no one else is really going to play this card also um there's nothing since death right got banned and everybody was playing death right it made your one one on one look pretty awful even worn instigator is bad against uh death right shaman too yeah Shaman. Shaman. No, it's not Shaman. We've, ar it's we've already said Shaman. mana a couple different ways, Travis. Let's not go down this path. It's too early in the morning for this. I mean, it's always mana to me. Well, good for you. Because you're wrong. Mana. I like watching Super Mario Brothers. He's a, he's a great Italian. Oh, my goodness. Let's just move on. Our next card is Untamed Wild of Legends. Uh, it's gone from 50 cents to two bucks. Uh, if you paid me a dollar, I couldn't remember what this does off the top of my head, so I'm going to have to look it up. Untamed Wilds from Legends. This is some weird green thing that doesn't really do anything. It's been reprinted a stack of times. Oh, it's the... Wait. Is it... It's the Landfinder. Search a library or basic and put it on the battlefield and shuffle your library. Oh, I guess this is... Is this Mana Ramp in Old School? This uh, it must be it's bad rampant growth, <laughs> rampant growth that costs one more. And wasn't rampant growth in seventh edition? I don't think seventh edition is ninety three ninety four legal. No, but what's funny about it is this card was in seventh edition. So rampant growth, two mana, search your library for a basic land card, put it in the play tap, shuffle your library, untamed wilds, three mana, search your library for a basic land card, put that card in the play. Oh, that's not put it in the play tap. That's the difference. So they printed Rampant Growth at Common and Untamed Wilds at Uncommon. And Untamed Wilds costs one more and you get the basic land untapped. Wow. Okay. That was one hell of a set. <laughs> uh, but yes, I suspect that Untamed Wilds from Legends is definitely a 93-94 positioning for sure. Yeah. After that is Sunscape Familiar out of Plane Ship. Sunscape Familiar is part of the Familiar series of cards, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. This is the 2-mana 03 white wall that makes your blue and green spells cheaper. Um, certainly on the back of Arcade's 
Uh, wait, he's not Arcade Sabbath anymore, isn't he? I can't isn't believe you say arcades. 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 What is arcades? Oh my lord! It's arcades. 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 The strategist. Uh, the new band Doran. I just. Doran? We just need to move on. Doran. I can't. I can't do this. Do- just keep going. Uh, the non-foils of Sunscape familiar a dollar to two and change because everyone that builds this the arcades deck is going to want one. Makes all your spells cheaper. It's a wall. Does everything you want in that deck. So uh, I don't see the foils on our list here, but I'm guessing they're already completely and absolutely gone. Yeah, the foils are already $15 cards just from previous uh, demand for people wanting to build assorted mm-hmm. decks like this. Okay. Next up, we have Luxury Suite, the uh, black-red dual land out of Battle Bond. The foils have spiked from 26 to around 75. And uh, if you want to get your foil versions of any of those Battle Bond lands, you got to go now. Do not wait. Uh, the non-foils, I think, are going to take longer to get up there, and they're also ripe for a reprint in a commander set. But, uh, yeah, if you got to have these foils, don't wait. There's no time at all. There's not going to be a, a time frame like there was in Conspiracy where things stay cheap for a while. Mm. Yeah, James and I have talked about this a couple times. I was not as much of a fan of them before, but I've kind of they've kind of grown on me, uh, and I like them more now than I did. Um, but yeah, definitely not going to get too many more of these. Uh, and they are essentially the best dual land in EDH after shocks and real duels. So they're going to be oddly popular for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like that that uh, that way to put it. Okay. Um, where were we? You just talked Thumber about Luxury Suite. Thumber of Enchantress from Visions. Reserve list card, non-foils, 5 to 15. Femur of Enchantress is whenever one of your enchantments dies, you draw a card, if uh, memory serves me correctly. So we have, again, uh, the Commander 2018. We have one piece of information, and that's that the, the, the four essentially themes, and one of them is Bant Enchantments. So we have a green-white card with... Uh, says whenever enchantment is put into a graveyard, you draw a card. Um, so that's very clearly based on that information having made it out. Uh, I mean, they're, you're probably going to get paid off. If you had bought this at five and it's now 15 or so, I suspect you will you will get paid there because they can't reprint it. So, And everyone who builds the Vizy Bant Enchantment stack will go and look and see that and go, oh, I should buy this. Um, so good job if you got in at five, I guess. On a related note, Joel Rail, the Empress of Beasts, the time shifted foil version, is gone from a dollar fifty to five bucks. Again, off commander speculation, probably. Somebody said, hmm, what's good with lands? And oh, this one lets me turn everything into lands for a turn. Uh you do have end up having to tap three lands and discard two cards to activate the effect, but it's still uh pretty awesome. I hope I'm remembering that card right. I'm gonna sound really dumb. If I don't, yeah, all lands target player controls become three, three creatures till end of turn. So if we're getting stuff that cares about lands in the commander set, then this is probably going to do some fun things for that. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say so. Joel Rail is a, a cool card and those time shift foils, uh, you know, you're not getting any more of them. So, uh, always never a bad idea to, to snag those guys. Um, after that is Ghost Town out of Tempest. I got to look this one up. Ghost Town is the land at one colorless mana or pay zero to return it to its owner's hand and use this ability only during another player's turn. Uh, I guess this is based on the, the Jund theme, which is it's Jund lands matter. Um, I don't know what they think is going to happen. That ghost town would be useful. It lets you return it to your own hand on someone else's turn. Like maybe they're thinking landfall. I hope so, because uh, I mean, going from a fifty cent card to two fifty is a, a pretty big gain um, in terms of percentage. But you're going to have a hard time actually selling these, and this is not on the reserve list, so. This is this reeks of a card that they would reprint easily, and uh, 
I, I appreciate the effort some people are putting in on the speculation. Yeah, I agreed. So I guess uh, good luck. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Next up is Mere Retriever, the Modern Masters foil version. Uh, which Modern Masters? This was the first one, right? Uh, uh, yes, Mere Retriever yeah. was the first one, I believe. First one. Uh, it's gone from about two fifty to about $12 on the back of KCI making another... Uh, I'm sorry, Cart Clan Ironworks taking another... Uh, top eight, and uh, the deck is super irritating to play against, and this is one of the key things that keeps everything moving. It doesn't matter if you wipe the board because they'll eventually get everything back. Is it even annoying to play? I mean, is it even annoying to play against? Like, it feels like it's boring to play against. Like, you take your turn. Well, yeah. You see if you're dead. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's the F6. It's the eggs. It's just like, I'm going to go make a sandwich, and you tell me if I'm dead, okay? All right, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and KCI is looking to be very powerful, uh, really hanging around in the format. Matt Nass is just destroying with it. So I would not expect this to be going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and essentially as long as Wizards allows it to be legal, it's going to be, it's going to be. Plus around. we've got another Artifacts Matter uh, commander deck coming out. So we get the delightfulness of people are going to want this foil as well. And there's only two foil versions. Yep. Um, Okay, so after that, we have Overgrown Battlement. Foils from Rise of Eldrazi are, uh, have gone up two and change, up to about $12 or so. Overgrown Battlement is a, a wall that you tap and it adds mana based on the number of defenders you control. So it's a pretty powerful mana ramp in the um, arcades decks. Uh, pretty straightforward there. Uh, the Rise copies are definitely the only foils. And are they the only printing? They might be. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Overgrown Battle was an Iconic Masters. My mistake. I forgot. I always Iconic <laughs> Masters is definitely in my blind spot for where cards were reprinted. Like, I forget about it every time. So I guess this is people just going after the original pack foils, which I, I don't really love because the Rise copies aren't really any different than the Iconic Masters foil copies. So... Like the card quality is a little better, but for most players, they're not going to care. Um, so, I mean, if you can get $12 for your foil rise ones, you should absolutely do it because I don't see those being um, durable, at least. Your next level thought on this is uh, get thyself over and start buying X-Bane Guardian foils because it's the, the upgraded card. It just has less toughness and costs more because it's three mana for an O3 instead of two mana for an O4. But it has basically the same ability. You just get to add multiple colors. It's probably already gone. Uh, I hadn't looked. Is it gone? X-Bane Guardian. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Let's take a look. Drum roll, please. So let's see. Foils. Oh, there's three foils. Uh, one guy's got 11 of them at 480. Well, that'll be a present for the first people to listen to the cast. <laughs> Maybe. Uh... Or me. <laughs> Or me. You dick. Or me. We'll see. Uh, yeah, okay, so Arcade is just Creature with Defender. It's not Wall. I, I just can't believe you Arcades. I don't know why X-Men Guardian, why they would have bought out, uh, whatchamacallit, not X-Men Guardian. Did they? Five for the, the like foil version of one of the best cards the, you can have in the deck seems. Okay, so this spike, this oh. was foils were fifty cents as of the end of it's June. Already jumped, and then okay. uh, yeah, so these already jumped from fifty cents to five dollars. But with overgrown battlement at fifteen, twelve dollars, I mean, Axman Guardian at five might still be the right play. Uh, but I don't know for sure. That's mm, I'd have to do a little more research before I confirm that. In any case, Desert Nomads from Arabian Nights non foils a dollar and change to eight. You'll notice I said Arabian Nights. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Indeed it does. Do you uh, remember anything about uh, these guys having protection from deserts? Uh, I don't, but I believe you. All right. Cool. Do they? Yes. They're doing a red 2-2. I had to look it up earlier. I don't want to sound like I have an encyclopedic knowledge of Arabian Nights. I looked it up earlier. It was like, no, oh, it's a gray ogre with a desert walk and protection from deserts. Hell yeah. Well, I I'm disappointed that you uh, didn't remember that. Well, you disappoint me every time you say uh, mana. So let's move on to Pete Bog out of Mercadian Masks. 
The depletion counter land has gone from 70 cents to around 350. Uh, it enters a battlefield tapped with two depletion counters on it. You tap and take a counter off to add double black. If there's no counters on it, sacrifice it. And this being Mercadian Masks, uh, if they're going to print, you know, uh, you're going to have your lands matter deck. We're going to see lands coming back to my graveyard, and you're hoping that this will be good. Uh, this also looks a lot like a card that they'd love to reprint. And uh, again, people are speculating, and if you can get three dollars for a Mercadian Masks land, then you you go do that. Yeah, these are cool lands, but and I, I would also agree these are definitely the Jund. People thinking the John Land matters theme, I think. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> that's going deep. I don't know what your angle is there. Uh, Alia Pile from Fallen on Empires, dollar and change to $10. Uh, Alia Pile is reserve list, even though you would never know it looking at the card. It's a two mana artifact, pay one, tap, sack it, uh, deals two damage to target creature player. So it's pay one, sack the artifact, <clears throat> deals two damage. Uh, that is a rare, apparently, from Fallen Empires, and it's now $10 for copies. So uh, there have got to be an infinite number of copies of this card sitting in people's bulk because Fallen Empires is one of the most common products to be found out there. So... Uh, I mean, every time you buy an old collection, you're digging this crap out of there. And people, no one would have picked this card before. It would still be in there. So I suspect that uh, that price is going to crash hard because, you know, Doug or who, Corbin or whoever will pick a collection and find like 30 of these. I was just thinking I need to go raid my old Fallen Empires boxes and see if I have any of these. Um, I mean, I, I, I would go so far as to say it's not worth it. Like, you're not going, <laughs> like, even if you find them, it's not going to be worth any money. You're not going to yeah. sell them. I want to see the buy list prices move before I, I do anything, and they're they're still super low. Yeah. Uh, next up is Dominating Listed out of Exodus has gone from about 2 bucks to uh, 12 and change. And this is the one that allows you to take control of somebody else's creature uh, by turning your creature into an enchantment. I don't think this is necessarily a uh, enchantments matter card as much as it is a sweet uh, way to take everybody else's stuff. Is it on the reserve list? No, it's not. Oh, wait, it is. It is. That, that, yeah, that's why they're in italics. Dominating Lichid is a very cool card, but uh, this is definitely... I mean, it's not like it's seen a lot of play, so this is definitely a reserve list play. Yeah, there's better ways to take somebody else's creature. Yeah. Um, then Lightning Greaves, Foils from Mirrodin. I, I, isn't this, I feel like, sorry. Uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, James did talk about Foil, Pack Foil, Mirrodin, Lightning Greaves uh, a couple weeks ago on episode 125. And now here they are, close to the top of our list. Pack Foil, Mirrodin, Lightning Greaves, 20 and change. I mean, supposedly 150. That's just somebody hoping to get lucky. Um, but they are definitely out there, uh, and there are, should, should I say they're, they're gone and they're now whatever you can get someone to pay for them. Um, so he had been pegging, he said 20 to 40. So I, I think that's probably about accurate. Um, someone will manage to get like 35 or $38 for one of these copies. And then that'll be its new price for a little while. Uh, the, you have this foil, you have the invention, right? This was an invention too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you have the FNM version, and you you have your choice. And if you want to go for pack foil, you you go for that. And you want inventions, that's one too. Whatever whatever floats your boat. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, guys. Whatever boat floating you is, done. <laughs> Next up is Karmic Justice. Uh, the foils out of Odyssey have gone from around seventeen to the incredibly optimistic price of two hundred and forty dollars. Uh, it's uh, Karmic Justice is an awesome card. I think it's been through a couple of spikes already, but this being up to 200-odd from 17 is just an artifact of somebody really, really, really hoping to get lucky. Yeah, I, I do like the card quite a bit. Um, it's very, very amusing. And, I mean, Odyssey foils are essentially don't exist. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you're not getting 240 bucks for this. If it was 16, you know, you might be able to get 40, maybe 50, maybe. But even then, that's pushing it. Let's see. On TCG right now, there are three copies listed. One at 180, one at 240, and one at 240. So that's that's why we're getting that price. Somebody just bought it out, and we'll see what the price settles to. I, yeah, I just, the thing is, I just don't see anyone paying that much for this card. Nobody's going to look at a you know, $200 Karmic Justice and be like, yeah, this is worth it. Especially um, if there's a Commander 2015 version out there for four bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just, I understand that it's really, you know, cool old foil to have. Like, trust me, I get it. Uh, but like, this is not, it's not it's not enough of a card to be worth that. <laughs> um. All right. So last card for the week, Evasive Action Out of Apocalypse. This is another one I have to go look up. Um. This is the two mana blue instant with domain counter target spell uh, unless they pay one. So it's if you have five land types, it's two mana counter that spell unless they pay five mana Um, and it gets worse from there. So uh, foils 50 cents to ten dollars. But I don't think there was be there'd be anything that would suddenly push demand on evasive action. Um, it's not part of the Commander 2018 spoilers we got. There's no reason to care about it there. Uh, I mean, it's not suddenly relevant in any constructed format. So this is just somebody having noticed low supply on an Apocalypse foil, I guess, and snagging them up, hoping that it becomes useful at some point. I mean, if there were like 10 of these and there were only 10 left and you paid 50 cents a piece, I actually don't hate that because it's a pretty small investment. And if something makes domain relevant again, which is some certainly something Wizards could revisit, you have all the original pack foils. Um, if this, for instance, was reprinted in standard, um, you know, if they revisited that at some point, that would be pretty good. So this is a about as speculative as it gets, but truth be told, I don't hate it completely if the buy-in is low enough. I guess that makes sense. It's not even a common. I thought it might be a popper card, but nope, this is an uncommon. So uh, if you got in at that at the 50 cents uh, and if somebody wants to buy it off you for seven bucks, then congratulations. You, know, you, you hit it. Yeah, you hit it. You got there. Okay, so let's move on. Segment two, uh, our cards to watch. Cliff, why don't you get us started? Uh, first off, I really like Sunbird Invoca- Sunbirds Invocation Foils. Uh, they're out of uh, Ixalan. You can get them around six bucks. Uh, this is a, a pick to go. Eventually, it'll be $15. It's just too awesome in Commander to not eventually be expensive. Uh, I've got it in every single deck that uh, I've got that can play red. And I, I just love it because it gives every single card additional value. And I, I love cramming that much value into my commander decks. You love the cram value. Cram it. Cram it in I my face. I do. Deeply cram that value in every crevice. Yeah, when you cast a spell. and then you, Yeah, this is a pretty cool card. I really do like the card. I actually think I picked several of them up and I've got them buried someplace for my own decks. Uh, What's the supply look like on this right now? Uh, let me take a peek. Right now, Sunbird's Invocation. Let's see. It wasn't too high. Yeah, so I see 34 vendors on TCG Player, which puts your inventory probably in the realm of like 70 to 80 copies. But that's really not that much, especially considering how new this is. This is Ixalan. So this is in standard. Um, supply is going to be pretty high at the moment simply because we haven't had time to to dig through it yet. You're not also not going to see much Ixalan opened at this point. Um, so supply isn't getting any deeper. Definitely a very cool card that's going to continue to be popular in Commander. So this is a good early entry. Um, you're going to be, I think, <clears throat> you're going to be waiting a little while. This isn't going to be $15 before the no. end of this year or anything. But I definitely agree that like within 18 months to two years or so, this is in a much, much better position as all of this inventory gets drained. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, like even if there's 100, 150 copies out there, that is not that much, you know, for in terms of like how many you have to sell before the price moves. Um, And also this is there's a lot of there's a lot of EDH players out there. (laughs) This is also the kind of card where uh, you'll. Uh, pick this up right now at six dollars so you don't feel dumb about buying it in a year and a half at 20 or 15 and say man i could have bought this so cheap and now is your chance to do so yes yeah, yeah i definitely like picking this up at the very least for yourself 
Uh, and I don't think it's a bad spec. So this is a type of card that, um, you know, I'm not, you're not in a super rush at the moment, but you still want to know, you don't want to wait too long. So yeah. I like, um, I like every time you're placing an order for something else, just seeing if they have any of these floating around, you know, <laughs> toss it in the cart, um, and slowly build up there. Uh, I'm going to start this week with a, a little different. I'm going to go with Meekstone, the uh, the masterpiece invention. Meekstone is the artifact that says creatures with power uh, more than two, greater than two, do not untap during their controller's untap phase. This thing is super obnoxious in Commander uh, because it prevents everyone's creatures from untapping. So either uh, you play it after everyone's creatures are tapped and then they're all just stuck, or you play it um, it, and it just brings combat to a halt because nobody can turn their guy sideways. Pair it with blind obedience for true hilarity, since that makes everyone's oh creatures come to play tapped. I have that in my uh, Sidar Kondo I, deck. Of course you do. Of course you which do. Is, which is very amusing. But keep in mind, Meekstone is creatures with power three or greater, which means your low power creatures aren't affected by it. And you know who has low power? Walls. So this Meekstone is awesome in arcades because it screws up life for everyone else, but your creatures with all their zero power uh, just keep on trucking. So the Masterpiece Inventions right now are about $48, $50. Meekstone has a little bit of an inventory. There's probably like 40-ish inventions out there, Uh, but there hasn't been a lot of reason to need Meekstone prior to this. Aside from people who would want Meekstone anyways, Arcades adds a whole new layer of demand that wasn't there before. And he's clearly pretty popular at the moment. Um, and I think you'll end up pushing a good number of players to look for these, especially if the price is on the lower side and they think they can grab them now before they get too expensive. You also have the general rarity of Masterpiece Inventions. We had another whole argument or discussion on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, if you caught it about how much rare they are, um, I think at one point we were talking, we were saying there may be possibly less, less than 1% of any revised rare. Um, so supply is very low uh, in general is the point. Uh, so 50 bucks for a very playable invention, uh, solid in EDH, if only in niche cases, I think this hits 80 ish dollars pretty easily. Um, and then you can, you can ship it from there. The one thing I'd add is that you I don't know that you'll have a long timeline to get out of these because we're having a, a lot of these flash-in-the-pan uh, commander spikes. It started with Nekuzar and the original true name Nemesis printing, and uh, now we're, like, we did the whole coin flip thing a few weeks ago, and now we're doing everything about uh, enchantments and Defender, and it's all until we get uh, the next set of legends to work around. So we've all, we've got a relatively short period of time to get crazy with this. I love this pick. I, I think you're you're spot on. I just don't know that um, if you once it does start spiking, you need to sell immediately and not like hope hope it goes higher. Because when it goes up, it's gonna go up super fast and then not hang around. You know, something like foil Kark's thumb. Well, so the difference here is that this isn't something like <clears throat> it is a masterpiece. I'll give you that. It's the, yes. the invention, and the, the all of the inventions have almost all of them have had their time in the sun. Uh, I think the Gear Hulks are the only like cheap ones left around. Yeah, they're in like grindstone. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the thing is, is that arcades is a reason to want to play the card, but there's other reasons to play it anyways, and it's. You're right that the popularity will surge with arcades. And then as people move on to the next set of commanders, they won't care as much, but it's an invention. Like it's just not going to go down. So it gets a boost in demand for now. It gets a boost in price and then it's it. It's where it stays. There's not really a retrace on these, uh, which is why, which is why it's a little more comfortable. I think than, for instance, like the warriors related cards with Najila, which will decay uh, once people kind of get over that. I'm with you. I'm, I like it a lot. Uh, my next card is uh, something I think more than one person has talked about. Um, Foils of the Immortal Sun you can get for around 20 to 25 right now. I put an average of 22. Uh, right now they're $14 for the non-foil. 
So that multiplier is not as high as it should be. And uh, I'd expect a correction on this card up to the $40 range, per, maybe even higher. Uh, there's only 22 near mint coils on TCG right now. I, I've already got two for uh, different decks. And this is another card where please buy this now so you don't feel dumb about spending a bunch of money on it later. Uh, Man, these, uh, these Ixalan foils going ham. Yeah, there's not that many of these. Well, uh, there's not. Uh, what, this one's Rivals, whereas Sunburst Invocation is Ixalan. But now's the time to, to look at those because we're, you know, we're done with Dominaria. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, we're ready to go on to the next spicy thing. And we can't forget the, you know, this is still standard legal for another year. But this is also a strong contender to be reprinted in one of the Challenger decks because they want to get these into the hands of casual players because we, we love dumb stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine a commander deck that wouldn't find this useful. Uh, most most decks will want this, and it'll be especially appealing to a wider swath of players because it's just so generically useful. So for somebody who doesn't really know how to build their decks in a more refined manner, this is going to feel very cool because it just feels like it does everything. So it I guess my thought everything. is it's, it's going to end up in decks that it probably doesn't need to. Um, simply because it does so much. So, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't really argue with this. You know, the price is, I don't want to say high, but it's, you know, it's more than I would generally be excited about, but supply is already very low. We're not adding any more. It's clearly popular in the format um, and in uh, 60 card decks as well. So, uh, you know, I don't think you should be running out and buying like 30 of them. Um, but I, I agree that at the very least you should get your own and probably this will hit 30 to $40. Yeah, so the multiplier is just not high enough at all. What's next for you, Travis? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Bedlam Reveler out of Eldritch Moon. Uh, I really wanted to go after some other cards this week, um, EDH related, but you know the official spoilers start soon for Commander 2018. I want to get a little bit more knowledge about what we're going to see before I start telling you what to buy, and also um, not walk into any reprints because that would that would that feel bad, so bad. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so instead I'm going to go the other direction. Bedlam Reveler keeps showing up in modern in various like comboy burn uh, types of decks. He's also has some play in Legacy and a variety of other places. I would imagine he's in a bunch of cubes. This is the uh, the eight mana three four that costs one for each one less for each instant or sorcerer you played. So potentially a two mana three four, and he has prowess, and you draw three cards when you play him. Um, but foils right now, the cheapest you'll find is twelve bucks, but they ramp up to twenty after like two play sets. Uh, it jumps up real quick towards twenty dollars. So snagging me is at twelve. I think puts you in really good position to dump them from between 20 and 25, possibly, probably before the end of this year. And I mean, we could be talking about like two months. So I, I like to turn around on these pretty easily. I would definitely be on the lookout for these in trade binders at your local store. Um, because, you know, if you can show people the low price of $12 and, you know, there's one copy in stock, uh, you can get people to trade it to you at that price. And then it's not going to be that for much longer. Yep. Uh, as we're going to talk about, there's two Pyromancer decks in the Sao Paulo uh, Top 16, and this is a popular card in that archetype, and it's awesome. And uh, I agree with you 100%. Well, you were the one who tipped me off to it, so <laughs> I did. I'm not surprised. <laughs> All I right, what's your last card for the week? My last card is a, uh, a pet card of mine, Urtai the Wizard Adept, uh, out of Exodus. He's uh, a reserve list card. Right now you can get him around $17 to $20 or so. Uh, this is going to hit $50. There's only uh, five near mint copies on TCG at the moment, 49 copies overall. He's not big in Commander because he's really fragile as three mana for a 1-1, one -one, but if... Uh, every wizard deck, every activated ability deck. I had this in my experiment Karaj deck, and everybody just like starts screaming at me how much they despise me, and it feels wonderful because not enough people are playing Stifle and Interdict in Commander. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean anything on the command on the reserve list is obviously uh pretty much fair game at this point. He's a useful card type. Uh, with a useful ability, um, he's cheap enough to be castable. So uh, you know, seventeen dollars again is not a cheap buy-in, but 
given how we've seen everything else play out, it's hard for me to tell you that this is a bad choice. I mean, $10 alia pile. I, I need to see some completed Ebays on this. I didn't even heard that card had gone that crazy. I'm going to pull up eBay right now. I mean, I recognize it on Alia Pile, but the art is so bad, I don't think I'd ever read it. Like, I see the art, and I'm like, this looks stupid, and move on with my life. It's not even particularly, like, awful art. It's just so bland and unappealing. It's just like, thing breaks. And it's so hard to spell right. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Metagame 3, segment 3, Metagame Week interview. Uh, Last weekend was a GP Sao Paulo. It was a modern Grand Prix, as Cliff said. Two uh, two Mardu Pyromancer decks in the top was it top eight or top sixteen? Top sixteen. Top sixteen, uh, and it won the event as well. Um, so that's a big deal there. We also saw KCI in the hands of someone other than Matt Nass, top eight, which is uh, kind of a big deal because so far Matt Nass has been the only person that can make it work. Um, if other players start to unlock that, uh, that could lead to a, an explosion in popularity and also a banning. Um, Amulet Titan as well. This is a deck that every time it pops up in the top eight, top 16 of an event, I look through the list and try and figure out what card I want to buy out of it. But I can't find an angle. Uh, Amulet of Vigor is more expensive today than it ever has been, which just feels like the weirdest sentence. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, I mean, Summoner's Pact is still pretty pricey. Um, you know, Primeval Titan's been printed a million times. Uh, I mean, other than that, you basically just got a pile of basic lands. So, a it's, pile of lands, I should say. This is also not, not the time to buy Scapeshift. No, well, this is not the Scapeshift deck. This oh, no, Amulet I'm sorry. Titan. You're right. You're right. I was thinking of the... There's three Titan Shift decks I was looking at. My apologies. Yeah, so... Um, some red green Eldrazi hanging out with the uh, Eldrazi Obligator, so one of the more unique builds. Uh, let's see more Bard Pyromancer, or two Marty Pyromancers in the top eight, I think. Yep. Um, Tron. I don't know what uh, what did you see here that jumped out at you? Um, I just like that there's a, a wide mix of stuff. There's not a single deck taking over. Uh, I don't like seeing a single deck take over. That tends to lead to really boring formats. Uh, you know, everybody tries to build eggs. I suspect um, people have tried, like you said, uh, playing the Cart Clan Ironworks combo decks is hard, and it's really easy to screw up. So I'm not surprised that so few people are having success with it, whereas uh, Hollow One, it just appeals to a, a subset of players who are like, let's roll some dice and see if I win on turn two. No? All right, well, there's always next game. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it is a very healthy-looking format right now. I like modern quite a bit. Um, I see there's a, an Abzan Traverse in here. We haven't seen that in a little while. With the Mishra's Bobbles, the Four Grim Flares, and Traverse the Ulvenwald. Um, the one mana sorcery with Delirium just turns into uh, a world, you know, like a one mana tutor for any creature. So a really powerful card. Um, would like to see this deck do more, especially because I've got a bunch of foil Grim Flares. Uh <laughs> Overall, modern looking pretty healthy. Uh, really, the only the only bug in the bonnet is modern in general hasn't pushed prices too much for a while. It's not as uh, a you know not as much of a catalyst as it has been in the past, but definitely still has the ability to push card prices uh, when something good is going on. Just remember that mo combo decks tend to be less uh, less likely to catch on as non-foil or as non-combo decks are yeah i wouldn't um if how do i want to say this if uh ironworks uh takes off in successes and more people start playing it um not only is it an easy combo to mess up it's the kind of combo where you get to f6 and just sit back and see if somebody does it while you're you know doing anything else with your life and so um, eggs mm -hmm. didn't get banned because it was too good. It got banned because it took forever. And KCI can have some of that going on. I don't think it's ban ready yet, but I also would not be super comfortable like moving in on any necessary pieces. Like uh, what's the artifact creature for stuff? Scrap trawler. Scrap trawler. I don't want to be in on scrap trawler foils right now. I, I actually do think it's probably bannable. 
um, in the sense that you like it is totally safe, fine to ban that deck given how well it's done based on how few results, how few pilots there are, and also how um, undesirable of an archetype it is. It's not the type of deck they really want um, doing that much because it's not just a combo deck. It's a combo deck that takes too long to actually <laughs> execute. Uh, the only reason that they like they, if something like this pops up, it's like they'd really just like to get rid of it immediately. But obviously, they lose a lot of goodwill when they ban stuff prematurely. Uh, but I would not be surprised. I, I think that pretty much the conditions are fulfilled to make it to indicate that it could be a problem. Wizards is just willing to let it exist as a small problem. But if it becomes a larger problem, it will go. That's fair. And that, again, that's why I don't want to be uh, in deep on any anything from the deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK. Any uh, anything else you have to say on Sao Paulo here or do you want to move on to our topic of the week? Let's move on. Whack. All right, so what do you want to chat about first here, Cliff? Uh, let's talk about these Commander 2018 uh, decks. Like you said, there's four that have been revealed. Uh, they, they're only having four. So we have blue-red artifacts, black-green, red, lands, matter, uh, bant enchantments, and esper top-of-library matters. And that's about all we know. We're already getting um, speculation happening. Uh, because this happened, this was released two days ago. The art, uh, there's some planeswalker. It looks like somebody with a bunch of masks, and there's a new, uh, probably an Afara, and the rest I don't know. Well, we got the artwork. We got was um, what looked like it was uh, from Varchild's, was related to Varchild, who okay. you'll remember. Uh, you may remember it from the card Varchild's War Riders. An so awesome it, card. Yeah, it showed up several, you know, it was around back in, what was that, Homeland, I think it was? Yeah, so the Varchild Crusader and Varchild's War Rider. War Riders was a, War, War, War Riders is funny, it was a 2-mana 3-4, uh, red, 2-mana 3-4, with a cumulative upkeep of put a 1-1 red survivor creature token into play under an opponent's control. So every turn you had to put more and more one-one survivor tokens into play for you with your opponents. But your creature, the War Riders, also had Trample and Rampage. So you know you keep giving your opponent more and more survivors. But if they try and block with all of them, the War Riders because of well, actually that's not true. Rampage one means it only gets plus. No, Rampage does can scale up. Right, you that is how that worked. For each creature beyond the first, it gets first. a plus bonus of the yeah. Rampage number. So the survivors could never block the war riders, correct? Because the war riders would always scale beyond it. Um, <clears throat> kind of an amusing card. In any case, I used to play this in a kitchen table deck with uh, Aether Flash, Aether Flash, and then for the true kick in the teeth, Aether Flash shocks a creature when it comes into play, so it would kill all the survivors. And then for a true kick in the teeth, I played Burning Sands which is an enchantment that whenever a creature dies, its controller sacrifices a land. So it'd be like, okay, on my upkeep, I put three survivor tokens into play under your control. They all get shocked from Aether Flash. They all die. You sacrifice three lands. Uh, that was... Who hurt you, Travis? That is magic. Who hurt you that so is magic much that, at its best. That you you thrive on Meek Stone and this kind of combo. Like, what, what yeah. dark things have gone on in your past that you... Oh, man, can you imagine playing this with Meek Stone and then like donate. So you give them the War Riders, but they can't attack with it. And you just keep getting shitloads of soldier tokens that you, or survivor tokens that you can attack with. Sure. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, the four, the four themes, as you said, the artifact matters, the land matters, the top of the deck matters. And uh, wait, what was the other one? Uh, artifacts. Instance and sorcery. Yeah, yeah. No, no artifacts. Lands, enchantments, lands. and top of library. Yeah, that's what it is. I think for out of these, I think the top of the library sounds the most interesting simply because it's the one that is least explored. Like, you know, we're very familiar with lands as a mechanic. Um, you know, the Gitrog monster explored a good amount of that space. We know what landfall looks like. So there's a lot in that space. Um, artifacts, obviously, we, you know, we know what artifacts are. Uh, enchantments, 
little less explored, but we're still pretty familiar with that type of deck and what that means. But the top of the library, that's something that really has not been pushed much. Um, you know, there's cards like Future Sight, which are which are very cool. Um, and it, and I, by the way, I expect that's probably going to get reprinted. So make sure you're not standing in the way of that card. <laughs> Um, other than that, there's not a, as much going on there. So I feel like this is some design space that uh, Wizards hasn't explored yet, which is which is really good for us, right? Because it means cards that previously have essentially been under underutilized, no one's cared about, hasn't been a reason to own them. Well, we might get one now. Um, so I'm very curious to see where that's going to go. I think the only mechanic that has involved the top of the library is um, there's the one out of original conspiracy like uh i would expect salvala the explorer i think is her name where you everybody reveals the top and you parley or parley parley i don't know parley 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 i call parley whatever man i'm i'm not gonna fight you on pronunciation anyway uh that one and then clashing but i i don't remember anything good in clashing i remember clashing the only clash card I can think of is the uh, the the searing blaze variant. There was um, oh, you know what that was? I remember cards from that set, but I don't remember many of the clash cards. Oh man, you are straining my recollection here. Clash—that's actually a good one. I think the clash—you're probably right on the mark here. Is clash cards are probably going to be worth going and checking out. Um, and we know it's an Esper deck, so Esper cards with clash. So wait, uh, thanks to the miracle of audio editing, I can look this up. Uh, very very quickly uh looks like there are 18 cards that had that effect um look for ones that draw a card yeah this one is you lose two life and draw two cards and then you clash and if you win you do it again um hang on a second a counter spell broken ambition i got a young one who's on my lap one second okay there's a fog this is the pollen lullaby is probably pretty solid this has also been reprinted in commander um, fog and then uh, clash and if you win they don't get to untap so I like that um, because it's really annoying that really screws somebody oh yeah clash is renowned for having one of the best arts in magic uh, pulling teeth which is a very visceral looking person getting their teeth pulled out uh, with dirty rope so that's quite a card Um what else have we got in here? Uh, research the deep. Two mana sorcery draw a card. Clash. Uh, return it to your owner's hand. So you can just keep doing it. Uh, so that turns into essentially two mana draw. Like a repeatable two mana draw card. You can just keep doing it. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, in Commander, there's going to be better options. Um, scattering Strokes. Another Clash. Which is scattering stroke will probably do okay. Again, this one's also been reprinted in Commander, so obviously there was some appeal there. Um, it's a four mana counter target spell, and then you clash, and if you win, you gain mana equal to the spell's converted mana cost. So basically, it's a four mana mana drain when you're successful. Uh, so that's that's fine, I guess. Um, doesn't look like uh, whirlpool. Well, clash with an opponent. Then return target creature to its owner's hand. If you win, you can put it on top of their library instead. So the two mana, put target creature on top of its owner's library, assuming you win the clash. Now that's interesting because that still uses the top of the library. Like that puts a creature back on top of the library, which could matter depending on how they handle the Esper top of library matters. Because we didn't, they didn't really say like if it's your library or whose libraries. So maybe putting creatures on top of libraries could be useful. Um, Maybe there'll be like an enchantment whenever a card is put on top of uh, an opponent's library, remove it from the game instead or something like that. So we'll have to see. Overall, though, I'm not seeing any Clash cards in Esper that really blow me away here. Uh, So I don't think there's too much to be mined in that regard. Well, I'm glad to hear that there's no bad Lorwyn and Shadowmoor foils that are going to be going up because they do some obscure things. And you're really right about pulling teeth. That is on the, the top on the list for awesome magic art. My personal favorite is Cackling Fiend. And mm-hmm. I will say, I just bought the rice paper version of the Eldest Reborn, and it looks sick. But okay. uh, Pulling pulling Teeth is is a pretty sweet card, especially, uh, I feel like that should be at every dentist's office. Just congratulations. Look at this. 
<laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, yeah, so not not that much to work with there. Uh, is there anything else with the commander announcement that you're kind of looking to that you're interested in? Not really. I don't think that uh, Joyrofoils are going to be uh, any more expensive because of this. And that was the first thing that jumped to my mind. They're going to give us at least one more commander for blue-red artifacts. So, I mean, Joyra is the straightforward one. Every artifact you draw a card. So we'll see what other cool stuff they want to do with that. And they're giving us the a sweet Tezzeret to go with it as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see, I guess, what comes of that. Um, all right, so then, uh, I mean, I see you've also got early M19 prices on here. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm just really kind of bummed at the number of crappy bulk there is. Um, Jason and I'll put a little note on Twitter the other day, like there's going to be a lot of water carried by Nicol Bolas and all the rest are going to, they're just not amazing. Like Resplendent Angel at 17 sounds about, you know, twice as high as it should be. Even if it's a, a four of with Lyra Dawnbringer, that's still just about where it should be. I just don't see a lot of like long-term value in the set. Like sure, people want to build the Arcades deck, but that's not going to keep his price high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, it is a bit of a bummer that it hasn't, the way this is played out, uh, it's concentrated so much in those top couple mythics. And I, re- I also really don't want the buy a box foil to be the second most expensive card in the deck in the set. And that's where we're at right now. And I highly doubt that's, you know, if, if it maintains, then that's, that's worrisome because it's something that we, we've all talked about in different ways is, Oh God, they're giving us uh buy a box only foils. So you can only get this card. If you bought a box, we really don't want to get to a point where that is the most expensive card you could get in M19. Yeah. But look at the list. I don't see anything that is going to be an immediate, like, four of cross-format all-star. You know, uh, you're not going to play four of a three-color card. You're probably not going to play four Tezzeret. Nobody's going to play Crucible of Worlds in Standard. Resplendent Angel is a, is a maybe. You know, if you're going to build some uh, white aggro flyer deck with Resplendent Angel and Lyra and whatever else you want to add in there because if they live they're great uh scape shift is crap uh you're not going to play four of the new dragon loving sarkhan uh you know not four vivians not four johnny's i would love to see a standard deck with four omniscience that would be awesome i guess it will kind of depend on where the set kind of how things play out in the fall that really might buoy some of the mm, rares it seemed like they're not very good um and i think we've had that before too where you have core set product where there's a couple sleepers that just don't look like they're going to do anything and then they print something else and suddenly it's very relevant that's a very so, i mean point. there's always that there's always that outside option uh but it does not nothing's guaranteed right so i guess all you can do is hope for the best well a lot of this um i was thinking when i was looking at these priceless earlier I am going to really like seeing these low prices at the end of the set because that'll be uh, telling me what will be a, a cheap pickup for exactly what you said, what themes might be coming in standard and what uh, early, um, what's the new Ravnica, Ravnica set called? Guilds of Ravnica? Uh, I think it's Return to Return to Return to Ravnica. All right, Return Cube. Uh, cool, cool. And I, and I won't hear anything else. I, that's, I respect that. So we'll we'll see what those early uh, cards look like, but I I don't I'm just a little upset because like Dominaria is ridiculously chock full of value, and this is not, and it's a it's a little bit of a it, it has to happen. There's going to be a cyclical nature to these things, you know. Not everything is going to hit it out of the park. Um, I just like it more when there's more expensive cards, especially because. I'm going to bite the bullet and go play an unlimited Grand Prix in uh, two weeks. Two weeks? One week. Oh, my God. It's next week. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck on that. Um, all right. So I think, uh, is there anything else that you would like to address this week, Cliff, before we call it, make, call it wraps? 
Uh, just that for those of you that enjoy my dulcet tones, I'm going to be here for the next two weeks as uh, James is off gallivanting through Europe. If you want to, you know, hear about his travails as he hits up card shops in the backwoods of Eastern Europe, uh, I'm sure he's going to regale us all with the many things he bought for nearly nothing. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. You have to go all the, like Bulgaria or something like that. I don't yeah, know if I can really call that a vacation as much as like a death march, but <laughs> I don't actually know anything about Bulgaria. <laughs> but it's like, boy, that's not Western Europe. Uh, yeah. I just imagine it's just gray skies all the time and like border crossing guards who would rather shoot you than look at you. I have a very yeah, low yeah. opinion of were... Eastern Europe for some reason. I feel like everything I think of when I think of Eastern Europe is just like the movie Children of Men. Like that's just the image sure. I have in my head, just like ravaged landscapes and just okay. Well, remember sure everybody, that... Travis's handle is at Wizard Bumpin on Twitter. Yeah. Make sure to deluge him with stories of what he should know about Eastern Europe. Yeah, I'm sure James's uh, Eastern European wife would love to hear all this. Yes. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, not wife, girlfriend. Where can uh, where can people find you, Cliff? I am on Twitter at Word of Commander, and you can find me with my articles every week, every Friday. Uh, I just passed five years in a row, and you were you're at five years too, right? Uh, yeah, it would be right around this mark. I'd have to go back and look at the date, but definitely in that ballpark. Yeah, because you're like a month before me, I think. Yeah, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And how about you? Uh, I am also over on MTG Price. I write the Watchtower series every Monday. I'm on Twitter at Wizard Bumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N. Uh, and I would like to remind our listeners to check out MTG Price Pro Trader service for just $4.99 a month or $49.99 per year. You can get early access to this podcast. Fantastic articles by some of the best financial minds in the business and a awesome set of collection management and buy list tools that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic the Gathering. Do you like how I kind of ad-libbed James's copy there on the fly? I like that. He says sweet a lot, so I'm up for you not saying sweet. He definitely has the some remnants of a vernacular that was native to early internet. He but does, hasn't quite updated in all the all the spots. Do you twitch when he says interwebs? Because I do. Uh, yeah, I didn't. He, I got him to stop that, didn't I? I think. I, yeah, I changed the. Uh, I changed the script, <laughs> so he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> we miss uh, you, James. Have a good yeah. time, man. All right. Well, Cliff, thank you so much for joining me here on episode one twenty. Wait, one twenty seven. One twenty. One twenty eight. Thank you for joining me so much on one twenty eight, Cliff. You're very welcome, Travis. We'll see you guys next week on another episode of MTG Fast Finance. Mm -hmm.